Oh, shoot, I lost it there. You know, you were saying, you could, oh, there's that passage in the book that says, uh, you know, apart from me, you can't do nothing. Mm. You know, I found out in all the years that I've endeavored to follow him, man. Uh, I'm not a formula guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think God gets stuck in those kind of ruts. He's far too creative for that. Yeah. All right. There may be similarities in the way that he does stuff. Mm. You know, for for example, I'll give you a really weird example, and then I'll come back to the right point here. Uh, <laughs> when I first began to follow Jesus, man, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know the rules, man. You know, and um, I I wound up uh, in a sexual relationship with my ex-wife. All right, and within moments after that physical interconnection. I felt like I was going to be sick. And I ran to the bathroom. I didn't make it to the toilet. I made it to the sink, and I vomited out this thing. It came out black. I mean, just a black blob, and it hit the sink. No taste, no order, odor. And the thing didn't just go down the drain. It slithered around the sink and then went down the drain. All right? I didn't know what that was. You know, it was really weirded me out, you know? I didn't think about it. But just the other night, I just happened to be watching the TBN on the TV, and they got this young veteran who'd been to Iraq, and he'd come back, and all of a sudden, he began to display the symptoms of PTSD. Now, I don't know what else he did in his life to open this door. In my case, it was having that sexual relationship with somebody that I shouldn't have had a sexual relationship with. So this young man begins to display these symptoms. He winds up giving his heart to Jesus Christ, and somebody prays for him. He goes home that night, all of a sudden he feels like he's going to be sick. Runs to the bathroom and he vomits out this thing, no taste, no order, odor, and it's black and it slithers around and goes down the drain. For this young guy, he went back to his room, felt like he's going to be sick again, three times went to the bathroom and three times one of these black things came out of him. And after that, he no longer ever had the symptoms of PTSD again and whatever else went along with that. That's the only other person I had heard of that had seen and experienced something like that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was somewhere, see, by my interaction with this person over here, that opened the door for that demonic realm mm-hmm. to, to come even, but the spirit of God had, was in me and it couldn't stay there. Mm-hmm. The same with this young man. Once he'd given his heart to Jesus Christ, that's where I was going to go with this, is once he, and this goes with kind of what you're saying, once he surrendered his will mm-hmm. to the will of Christ, to the will of God, he began to see the supernatural function. That was something that God spoke to me recently. He said, if you will surrender your will to me, then you will see the supernatural. Yeah. And I realized as I thought about that more in reality, what's the first miracle that you ever see in your life? First supernatural miracle you ever see. When you surrender your will to his and you submit your heart. And you say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You are God. Mm-hmm. And at that moment you become born again. That is a miracle. Because you've just become a new creation in Christ. That's the first miraculous thing you see from surrendering your will to him. Mm-hmm. But as you go down the road, as you walk down the road, and as we surrender our life, that will more, he begins to open that supernatural realm to us. Mm-hmm. Once again, back to the eyes to see. And as I submit my life, as I submit my will to him, you know, when I... When I, I I didn't know about the you know having the Holy Spirit or none of that man you know I um, I was driving to Alaska you know in this old seventy one Jimmy man you know and and it was a panel van it had feathers and beads and and uh, had an American flag for a curtain had Harley stickers all over it you know and and I'm driving down the road man and all I know is I had been wrong there was a God this guy was him now I, I, it was it had an old uh, AM radio in there that didn't work so I I wedged a boombox between the seats and I had sold all my old rock and 
and roll records for 60 bucks. I probably should have kept them. They're probably worth more now, but it didn't matter. But, and I bought one Christian CD and I played that all the way to, to Washington state, but it was a Michael card, uh, CD. I can't even remember the name of it, but this one song came on and it was like the song that I'll be your home, you know, in this fearful fallen place. And I, and so I began to sing along with it. And man, if you hear me sing, you know, it's not going to move you. It's going to make you want to move, but it's not going <laughs> to. And as I'm singing this, man, the best way I can describe this to you is I get this big whoosh comes down over the top of me, over my whole body. And I start laughing like a crazy person. Now I'm driving a 71 Jimmy with, you know, Deadhead and Harley Stickers. And, and, and then all of a sudden I'm crying. Then I'm laughing and crying at the same time. And I got this crazy big whoosh going over my whole body. And I'd have no explanation for it. I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? All I know is like, wow, this feels really good, you know? And I'm having a good time, except for now there's so many tears flowing down, I can't see to drive, you know? So I remember going, God, you you got to give me a breaker. You got to drive because I can't see the road, you know? And then I look down, I'm running out of gas. I say, God, you got to give me a break. Because I said, I can't go in and pay for my gas like this, man, you know? <laughs> He never gave me a break, man. And, and I thought, you know what? I'm in Southern California. They're just going to think I'm some hippie on drugs, man. <laughs> I went in, pumped my gas, went in and paid the lady, and she never batted an eye, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so kind of, the, I, don't, I don't know what the point of this story. <laughs> so I come to Alaska, man. I wind up uh, two people in Alaska uh, that have a, a great place in my heart, and that is Reverend Dick Stretch and Mary Glazier. Because those are the first two people that I really got to sit under and really listen and learn, you know, about the Bible and learn about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit from them. And that I would go listen to Mary Glazier. And I wish my wife was here because she was witness to all of this, man. And, and uh, she was preaching one day and she goes, you know, if you want to have the Holy Spirit, put your hand up. And I thought, you know, I tried all the drugs. I should try all the God stuff, too. So I put my hand up. <clears throat> she said, you can put it down. She went back to preaching for a while. Then she got done and she goes, okay, if you put your hand up earlier, come out in the aisle. I thought, now that's a good trick. You get them to put the hand up first, get them in the aisle later, you know? <laughs> and in those days, I was still wanted, you know, had outstanding warrants for my arrest in the lower 48. And uh, I still carried my combat knife in my coat, you know? And they send this guy to pray for me. And man, he's a suit. He's got the glasses. He's got the, he's got, he's got the money. He looks like a fed, man. And a guy comes up to me and I'm like, oh, no. This guy's a cop, man. Uh, the man, if he reaches out for me, he's going to find my combat knife, you know? Mm -hmm. I said, if he reaches out to pat me down, I'm just going to drop this guy and run, you know? And he comes up to me and goes, put your hands up. I said, oh, no, he is a cop, you know? <laughs> so I started to put him up, and he goes, close your eyes. I said, not on your life, Jack, you know? And he, he doesn't reach out for me, though. He stands there, he closes his eyes, and he starts to pray for me. And then I'm watching him, man, and, and then he opens his eyes, and he goes, is anything happening? I said, no, man, look, I, I got him up. I'm doing what you said, you know? And he goes, why don't you come back next week? We'll, we'll try it again, you know? And at that, uh, Karen, the owner of the Harley shop's wife, she grabs him by the shirt sleeve. She goes, no, you're coming with me. We're going to go down front, and we're going to get this evangelist guy to pray for you. So I get down there, and he kind of looks like a cop, too. And the first thing he says is, put your hands up. And I thought, oh, man, I'm either getting prayed for or I'm getting busted, you know? And But he goes to praying, and he opens his eyes, and he looks at me. goes, has anybody ever taught you to not have the Holy Spirit? I said, dude, nobody taught me nothing, man. I'm doing what you said. Look. I got him up, you know. 
He goes back to praying, and a crowd of people gather around me, and they're all doing the whole, you know, they're all doing the end tongues. There was one lady, she went, and in my head, I thought, just turn it over a few more times, honey, it'll start, you know? Because <laughs> she's out like a car, trying to see them. <laughs> and uh, there ain't nothing happening to me, but this lady, this little bitty lady hand hits me in the back, just boom, and she calls out my name, and she said, Matt, you ran from me and ran from me, and still I sought after you. And I gave you love when there was no love to be found in your life. And if you'll let me, I'll pour out my spirit upon you. Man, I got hot all of a sudden. And I thought it was from all the people around me. It was like too much body heat. So I was like, you people back up, man. Y'all making me too hot here, you know? And I looked at this lady's like sitting in this chair, kind of wiped out this little church lady, you know? And I went up there and said, lady, I said, why did you do that? How did you know my name? And she said, because God told me to tell you. She said, baby, I told God, look at that guy, God. She said, I don't want to go talk to him. <laughs> she, she said she tried to leave the building, but the power of God hit her to start to knock her to the ground. She held onto a post and finally said, all right, God, I'll do it. I'll do, you know, and she lunged for me and hit me. And, and uh, the kind of one of the, the point of that is uh, that I didn't, I didn't encounter I, I, Maybe I'll just keep going a little bit. I didn't encounter anything other than the heat at that moment. I go back to my room above the Harley shop one night. I'm sitting there. I'm reading a book. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, from the right side, through my head, come these crazy words that make no sense to me. All right? And I stopped reading the book. I was like, what in the world was that? And I sat there and looked around a minute, nothing. I went back to reading the book. And again, here came these crazy words in my head. And this time I repeated the crazy words. I don't know why I did, you know, but, and I say the crazy words because they seemed like crazy words to me, man. They made no sense to me, you know, but I repeated them when I did that from across the room, way over in a corner comes this voice, this other voice. And it said, stop that. You're just babbling. And I, and my, I said, yeah, man, I'm just babbling, man. This is crazy. Then I thought, wait a minute. I said, if I'm babbling, I'm babbling to God, and it's up to him to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And if I'm just babbling, why are you so afraid of it? And at that, the words came to me like a flood, and I just repeated them, and the other voice didn't speak again. Now, that might creep you out a little bit. Let me tell you something, though. If you can hear the voice of God... You can hear the voice of Satan. Yeah. You just got to learn how to talk back to him <laughs> and let him go, wait a minute here. If it's just babbling, why are you so afraid of it? Mm. All right? And what I realized at that moment is there's a transition from, you know, yes, I believe. And you're seeing men like trees. But then all of a sudden there comes the, 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 the power from the encounter with the Holy Spirit. Kind of like the guys in, in, what is that, Acts number two when they're in the upper room? And it said that, you know, he fell on them. The great mighty rushing wind came, you know, and the, and the languages of fire and, and on their heads. And the, these are drunk, you know, and they're not drunk as you suppose, you know. And, and so there's an encounter of power that comes on your life that makes you have that transition from seeing men like trees to all of a sudden you can see things all clearly. And you're walking in both worlds at the same time. Sometimes it is hard to, to figure out, you know, am I really seen in a, in a supernatural realm? Because your logic starts to try to reason away the faith. Mm. See? So we yeah. almost kind of went full circle right there. Mm. And that's you know? why we need each other to that encouragement. Mm. You know, you do something and you're stepping out and you're like, I, I think nothing happened there. And then other people a week later, hey, that blessed me so much. Oh, I guess God is doing something. <laughs> because He's strengthening you know, your faith. Yeah. He's growing that faith because he knows you need it, man. You know, yeah, he knows. Humble. All of us, we're so much like Pete. You know, 
He's my hero. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think well, that's probably a good way to end it because it took us all the way back around to having eyes to see yeah. and come down to choices. There's a difference between, you know, when you just are beginning to follow and then the baptism of power. So I had, I had something that I wanted to bring up. You mentioned first the demonic, and I think one of the ways that it comes into us so easily is just us coming into agreement with the things in our in our own mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm uglier. Yes, I'm. You know, really simple things, but it gets more perverse all the time. Yeah, everybody else is just out to get me, or everybody else is just out to get what they want. So that's the way the world works. So that's the way I should be. The the thoughts start to get worse. It starts to bind you up. You, you can almost see the cords getting wrapped around. And when you come into agreement, you're creating a little throne in your heart for a demonic presence because that's, that's your, you're creating your identity of, I am a vessel for this anger, for this hatred, for the, all these, these things. And then, uh, you know, God, God sets us free when he reveals those lies. And it's an easy thing for him to do, but it's sometimes when we have to work through it, it's a long process. But the the interesting part is that no matter how how bad the world gets, I mean, you're you're a prototype to me. I, from what you were saying just then, I realized you know what Matt's a prototype because God's saying it's it's too hard for me to work inside the church right now. You know, everybody knows. You know, this, this is God right over here, this box. And over there, no, this is God, this box. It's like, I can't, I, I can't just get myself into these boxes and, and help these people. I've got to shake them up so much yeah. that they explode their boxes and then they'll see me for who I am. And he's he, he wants to reach out and grab Nailis, a vision of, of him sitting out in a wasteland. It was Jesus and he was sitting on a rock there and he was looking at the the just this desert and you know and little stones in the ground and he reaches down and he's showing her that as he pulls out these rocks he, he's separating out these jewels like these beautiful cut jewels that were just sitting there in the ground she's like how are you doing that you know there's only rocks here how are you but he just smiled at her because he knows that there are jewels out there he knows that there are hearts that are searching mm-hmm. for him and is not going to look like the altar call process that we've perfected to the point where we have robbed it of almost all meaning, where people have to come to their pastor and say, wait, am I really saved? Well, did you say the words? Yes. Then you're saved. You just got to believe that. And then all of a sudden you're believing in a religious process instead of seeking after God's own heart to be revealed in you. But I, I think he's making you a prototype of what he's going to be doing in this time and and as he's his plan to bring revival we know he's spoken it and it's it's going to be him grabbing hearts him showing himself in people who who haven't gone through the religious process but their minds are so open that he can just tell them anything and they'll do it (laughs) Without putting them in a box, so to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, it made that made me think about you know a lot of different things here. But what you said there, you know, and uh, I, I look back to well, one day it made me think of you know uh, what we said at the beginning, kind of how. 
he wants to use us, you know. When I said I'm not a formula guy, I do know that I have one formula that I believe God does do, that God does stick with. And that is God will do things in you and to you before he does through you. Mm -hmm. But he will do the end and the two because he's got to bring the change in you so that he can do the through. So people, can, you stay humble enough that people can see, oh, that's all God. That ain't him. Mm. And this boy recognized it ain't him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that takes me back to, you know, when I first began to hear the voice speak to me from the ceiling. You know, when you said people were maybe seeking, but they don't know they're seeking. I, I think I might have been in that case. Because I, I remember I, I had gone to the Grateful Dead, man, and I stayed high on LSD for three days straight. I do not recommend that. You know what I'm saying? But at a certain point, you know, I started to see some weird trippy stuff. At one point, I thought I saw an Eskimo surfing on the Northern Lights, you know. This guy was playing this big uh, um, uh, Eskimo drum, and the flames were going, you know, and it was like on the third day, you know. And 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 I saw some other weird trippy stuff, and I started thinking, wow, maybe there is something to this this uh, supernatural realm. Maybe, maybe it's more real than I thought, you know. And uh, I tried to think about... I didn't want to admit there was a God. I didn't want to, you know, Jesus Christ, that was that was out the picture. You know, I didn't want nothing to do with no Christians. I had seen a few in my life, and, and they, they, none of them had nothing that I wanted to be like. You know, I worked in a sawmill. Everybody in a sawmill except for me and a guy named Moose all went to the same church. And, and, and there wasn't a man among them that was a man. Every one of their women told them what to do. You know, they didn't know, not a one knew how to be a man, you know? And that day used to drive me nuts. And then I'd see them all fighting with one another. I'm like, y'all are going to the same church. And y'all are gonna fight with one another over it, you know? And uh, it, so it, that didn't make no sense to me. So up to that point, everyone that I had ever met, there was nothing there that I wanted. So that was off my radar, but I, I began to think, okay, well, I remember when I was a boy on the Indian reservation, you know, the Indians really believed in the, in the spirit realm. Uh, when I was in the military, you know, uh, Black Bull talked about the great spirit and, mm -hmm. and all the spirit realm. And, and I began to think, well, maybe, you know, maybe these native people got something going. So I've read, you know, Black Elk Speaks mm -hmm. and uh, I, I forget the sixth grandfather and I read... Uh, um, uh, what's the one about the sacred pipe, how they got the pipe and, and the Sundance and all of that. And, and I began to read all of that. And so then I began to try and do some of those, you know, rituals to see if I could see something in the supernatural realm. And, and I never did, man, you know. And, uh, but then that's when the one day that I came home from the, you know, the Harlem uh, Motorcycle Mechanic School, and, and I hadn't had a chance to smoke no dope or drink no whiskey yet, you know. And when I walked through the door and that voice spoke to me from the ceiling, and the voice said, you think you're in control, but I tell you, I am. I even control the universe. And if, if I wish I could, I wish I could, maybe I can one Sunday, write down everything that the voice spoke to me from the ceiling and then hand it out to everybody in the church. Because the rest of the story is irrelevant. The rest of the story that some old, you know, messed up, drugged out, you know, boozed up, uh, crazy old biker was in the picture. Thank God that I was. Thank God that he came looking for me. But the real power is in what the voice said to me. Mm. And you know one thing I realized that, you know what, an atheist is not someone who doesn't believe there is a God. I think an atheist is someone who believes he's God. Mm. That's what the voice said to me. You think you're in control. Yeah. When you think you're in control, guess what that means? You think you're God. You can make it all happen. 
You know what I'm saying? And then the, the next thing the voice said was, if you'll let me, I'll change your life for you. Mm -hmm. And I thought at that moment, I thought that just means he's going to make me a Christian and I don't want to be one of those. I didn't realize that that's not a one-time event. Mm. And I'll change your life for you. It was a lifetime event because he knew in advance it's going to take me the rest of your life to get a lot of this straightened out. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then when when you know when the time came that I said, look, you, you, if this is God, then you done got the wrong building altogether because you ain't even a church. I said, look, we got the Nazi flag on the wall over here. We got the Grim Reaper on the wall over here. We got booze in the freezer. There's drugs on the table. There's Harleys being built in here. There's women in and out of here. You done got the wrong building altogether. And as soon as I shut my mouth, that voice spoke back and said, I didn't come for the building you're in, mm. but I came for your heart. Mm. And I said, I don't even like Christians. I don't want to be one. Leave me alone. And for three days, that voice did not speak to me. I'm coming to the good part. I'm coming to the good part. See, I might have been seeking and not knowing I was seeking. But better than me seeking and not knowing I was seeking was he came pursuing. Yeah. He came pursuing, he came looking. And I was seeking and I was lost as a goose in the fog. He knew exactly where he was going and what he was doing. There was nothing lost about what he was doing. Ah, you think you're in control, but I tell you I am. I realized for the first time, oh, he was introduced himself. Because how did he introduce himself to Moses? I am. Oh, boy, you is, you know. <laughs> but, and and so the, 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 he didn't take talking to me for three days. I'm in the shower and I begin to think, you know, I've tried to live by a warrior's code. And I've tried to live by that outlaw biker's code of honor. And I knew I had broken that code of honor before. And then I thought, you know, I've become cynical and hard. I, I thought I must have had feelings somewhere in my life. But if I did, I didn't know when I lost them or how to get them back. I thought maybe I lost it when I was a kid. My old man was beating me. And I thought, if I lost him that far back, how do I get him? How do I get him back, you know? And I came out that shower. I walked into my kitchen, and there was a row of milk crates full of Harley parts. And when I looked down in them Harley parts that morning, all of a sudden, there's a Bible in a pile of them Harley parts. And I walked over, and I put the thing on the table, and it fell open. And I began to read this story. And I read the story. It says, dude, Jesus is on the cross. And he looks down, and he sees his bro, and he sees his mama. He says, son, behold your mom, and mom, behold your son. When I read that, I thought, man, this story's true. And that dude on the cross is one bad dude because mm. he was dying, but he still had the presence of mind to talk to the people on the ground. Mm. And, I, and I thought, I thought, man, he's one. I said, man, I've seen men dying. They're not in that kind of control. And when I thought that from over through the brick wall over my shoulder came the voice again. And the voice said, I died for you too. I said, well, you shouldn't have done it, man. You shouldn't have died for me because I would have never died for you. And then the voice said one thing that really messed me up. And looking back on it, I had an argument for everything that the creator of the universe had to say to me. But there was one thing that I had no argument for. And that was when he said, but I loved you too. And dude, when he said that, I could feel right here, just like you could feel that. I could feel what felt like a shell breaking off in the, in the center of my chest. Mm -hmm. And I felt a tear run down the left side of my face. And the only thing I said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You are God. And I felt an explosion in my chest and I felt a beam of light shining out of my chest and I felt tears just running down my face in a one-room apartment with the Nazi flag and the Grim Reaper and the Harleys and the booze and the drugs. You know, they did not intimidate him. 
He knew exactly what he was doing when he came in there. If, if this gets out there and ever goes on the internet, if you're out there, man, he's, you, you are not seeking. He's looking for you and he will find you. And if you humble yourself before him and say, look, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was lost as a goose in a fog. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need your help. I guarantee you he'll hunt you down. I guarantee you that he'll come into your heart and set you free. Only if you'll let him, he'll change your life for you. But it's not a one moment thing. It's a lifetime thing. I'm going to tell you what, man, it's been the best adventure and the best trip of my life. The last 30 years of endeavoring to follow Jesus Christ have been the most phenomenal adventures and experiences in my life. For whatever reason, when I said, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you are God, he seemed to take that as permission as to do all kind of weird stuff in my life. You know? <laughs> and it's been great, man. You know? He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have, he doesn't feel the need to protect his dignity like the church tries to. He doesn't feel the need to conform to one culture's preserved idea of how they perceive God, but he's ready to reveal himself to people the way they are and reveal the truth of who he is. And there's no way that that revelation doesn't completely mess up your life. (laughs) (laughs) Well said right there. Well said, man, you know. It, it's out there. He's out, you know, he's willing to, I got to say, if he, if he did it for me, I know he's willing to do it for anyone. Yeah. You know, you see, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I tell people, you know, I say, I think, you know, when God came and spoke to me through the ceiling, I think he called some angels over to the side and said, hey, 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 look, look at, look at, you see that down there? That guy did so many drugs, there's nothing left up in there. <laughs> we saved that guy. We could put whatever we want in there. That guy's so dumb, we could tell him to do something. He'd do it, not even know it. (laughs) And he pursues, but he's not forceful. He will allow you to try to control it for yourself until you get to a point where I can't do this anymore without you, Lord. I need you. That's funny. I like that. That's well said, too. You know, he he doesn't, he'll pursue you, but he he won't force himself on you. Mm -hmm. But he'll pursue you and give you opportunity after opportunity. Because he loves. Yeah.